Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right. On this Garlic Marketing Show, we're going to talk about getting better ranking, better traffic, and how one law firm actually almost tripled their traffic with links from things like New York Times, Al Jazeera, and Rolling Stone with Aaron Anderson from Link Pitch. Aaron, thanks. Uh, say hi to everyone. Hi, how's it going? Uh, good, good. And also, uh, he's going to tell us about the keys to great link building, how to do link outreach, how they did it for this law firm, the unique way that they did it, the bad links to avoid in 2023, the good links that you are looking for, as well as teach us his exact method for identifying those and doing the outreach, all this on the Garlic Marketing Show. But before we get started, this is brought to you by videocasestory.com, one of the best piece of content out there to get Great content on your website is stories, especially your customer stories. Great, great stories. Go to videocasestory.com slash big fish to learn how you can collect craft, deliver those to collect more of those clients swimming around your business. All right, let's get started. Uh, before we get into your story of, of success of how you help someone, tell us a little bit about the types of links that linkpitch.io builds. Sure. Yeah. Well, what you said is like, you still have to have good content. And for the types of links that I build, like good content is a necessity mm -hmm. because what I do is I, I do email outreach to other websites and I try to basically ask them to link back to a piece of content on, on a client's website. So the, the better the content is, the more likely they're going to get links. So if a client doesn't have anything where I don't see a viable path for like just doing cold outreach and people linking to it. I'm like, well, you have to build some content that where that will actually work. So, you know, we do outreach. So we have different strategies like broken link building, resource link building, you know, we get links in a variety of different niches. And, but primarily uh, when it's easiest is when there's great content that's informational in nature that helps people. If you have free tools or thinking that that's purely um, helpful and is not commercial, that's the type of content where it's going to be easiest for us to, to do outreach and, and to get built, uh, backlinks to it. And when you say it's not commercial, what does that mean? Yeah, well, sometimes clients will come to us and say, okay, well, this is our, like, our, our money page. Can you build links to it? Or this is the only page we want links to. And I say, okay, well, if you want links to that page, you have to convince someone to link to it. Let's say if I'm reaching out to a university, I want them to link to that. Well, they're going to look at that page and, and they can tell that it, something is being sold. They're going to say, oh, we don't link out to commercial entities or whatever. So there's going to be more resistance to people giving you a link when your page is very commercial in nature. You're selling something, you're pitching something. People are going to have hesitation to give you a link. If it comes across as being very helpful, what I say as I always say, altruism is what converts in link building. So the more altruistic a piece of content is or a tool or something, the more helpful it, it feels and the less it seems like it's being done purely for the profit motive of the website or business, the more willing, more likely people are going to be willing to, to backlink to it. And when you say altruistic, um, can you give me an example? Sure. So 
like, you know, I have a client in, in the job space. And if you write an article about like the top tips on, on how you can improve your interview skills or whatever, like I'm writing a piece of content, helping someone so that next time they interview, they're going to be able to do better in their interview. Like regardless of my business, this is a piece of content that could help a person looking to do an interview, improve their skills. And, and so that's something where like, it may not serve me at all to give this content. It could be purely for informational purposes, where if, it, if it's, you know, more slanted and, and the, the purpose of the content is just to push my product, you know, that that's not. So things that are altruistic or, you know, generally guides or informational pieces that may not have any, you know, I would say maybe more top of funnel types of things that are purely more for, you know, building recognition, but uh, informational in nature is kind of really the, the, the biggest aspect. Is there like a specific type of content and you say like that you're seeing really trigger people right now and get lots of links to it easily? Well, there's definitely content that tends to get links kind of by itself and that's without needing to do outreach. This type of content is generally original research. You know, if you're doing like a, a study or something and you publish that and that's unique in your industry, you know, that can get a lot of publicity and, and get picked up. Um, doing even just compiling like statistics type posts within certain industries can, can do quite well. Uh, once it gets ranking, that'll get picked up by journalists on its own and you can just get links over time by itself. So it's, it's a lot of this, this data-backed information is what people really like linking to. So if you either you create that or you just find the, the data and put it in a format that people can consume and use as a source, uh, that stuff gets, gets links uh, quite well. Nice, nice. And tell me about some of the clients that you've had and the types of success you've had with this. Yeah, well, you know, I had a success in lots of different niches. You know, my favorite success stories are maybe in niches that I was struggling or I had to kind of figure out, you know, a, a good angle or a path. One in particular, there was a, a client, there was a, an immigration attorney. And, you know, in law, a lot of the link building approaches I don't necessarily love. A lot of the link building that's done in the law legal space, you know, a lot of guest posting, uh, a lot of like scholarship link building, um, you know, and sponsorships and stuff. And, and I was trying to find an angle that would be unique and help us get some different types of links. And I was able to basically come across a, um, a broken link. It's an, it was in a, a legal encyclopedia and there was a certain piece of content um, that, you know, websites were linking to and, and it was broken, the page was broken. So we were able to recreate that content on the client's website and reach out to everyone that was linking to it. I think it was about 60 websites that were linking to this, this broken piece of content. And then once the client had that on their page, we reached out and uh, you know let them know that this was a broken link. And we got some really amazing links from it. We got links from New York Times, Al Jazeera, Rolling Stone, just from, from some really top tier links. And it was doing a strategy that probably isn't generally used in the legal space. So that was, uh, it was a very satisfying uh, result. Nice. And so we get these links. What kind of results did you in the end see for your client? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the thing about links is that the, the results may not necessarily always come right away. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I've had clients that they only worked with me for three months. Like I had a client that was in a, it was a startup and they had money because they were in some uh, in an incubator program and they invested in three months. And then they're like, okay, we don't have any more budget. Um, and then I checked back six months later and there had been a lot of growth in that time, but like, you know, in the beginning, they didn't have much of a foundation. So there, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of results. So for this client, the, the lawyer client, it was also like, I look back now since those links have been built, cause we had done a lot of other things previously, but when the links have been built and like you look now and the t- traffic has, uh, I think almost tripled or quadrupled since we had built some of those backlinks. So, you know, it's, it's hard to always quantify within a very small time window, but if you build good links um, that stand the test of time, it can really have great uh, positive impacts over, over the long term. And when you say good links these days, um, what you, you mentioned some bad links, let's mention, let's go over some of the bad links and then some of the good links that you are looking for these days. Sure. You know, the way I would define most bad links that I see are links that are created by people uh, purely with the intent to try to manipulate search engines. So uh, if, if you go on Fiverr and buy a bunch of backlinks for five or 10 bucks, those are probably going to be bad links. <laughs> uh, if, you, if someone sends you a list of websites with a price per website, here's the list of websites I can get you a link on. And this is the price per site. You know, my guess is these are going to be link farms. Uh, link farms are essentially websites where the whole purpose of them existing is to sell backlinks. That is their entire business. Uh, and so the thing is they do their best to make the, the link from their site seem like it's going to be a good thing for your website. But the honest truth is most of these links are just going to be completely ignored. And the worst case scenario, you could actually get penalized from these types of links. So these are the links you want to avoid and sites are getting better at better at making their metrics look really good. Even though the site is, is not a good site to get a link from. <laughs> so those, those are the types of links I would say that you want to avoid. Yeah. And I, it's funny because, you know, people always ask me about that stuff and I'm, and, and I'm like, you know, Google's number one thing is their algorithm and, you know, to get ranking and they employ what 30,000 of the smartest people in the world to make sure that they know what's going on. <laughs> I'm like, do you think some guy randomly emailing you has outsmarted those 30,000 smartest people in the world? <laughs> and, and, but yeah, like you said, those bad links can actually hurt you. And I think people still need to pay attention to links. You know, I, everyone's talking about traffic and other stuff, but SEO is so important. So let's talk about the good links that you're looking for. Yeah, a good links to me are ones that are, you know, they're more earned. They are earned because your content is truly great or you did something unique and, and got publicity from it. Or you gave insight to a journalist. A journalist was asking for insight from someone that had expertise and you were able to offer that insight. These are the types of links that uh, they weren't bought, they weren't purchased. You gave something of value and someone thought it was valuable enough to actually link to you. That, those are the links that Google wants to reward because that's, you know, every link is a sign of trust or authority. And if you're giving your expertise, your information, and people find it valuable and they're linking to you, well, that's basically why they want to use links as a signal because it's showing that you know what you're talking about you have expertise and because that you're getting links as a result. Yes. Yeah. And so how, 
how many links is enough? How long does it usually take to acquire that many links? And when should you stop link building? Yeah, well, how, like the links, how many links are enough? This kind of depends on your industry. For example, if you're a local business, you need both citations, which citations are listings and like Yelp and yellow pages. And, and, and those are links too. And there's a certain type of link. So you need both citations and then you also need other types of links to kind of bolster your authority. So, you know, how many are enough? It kind of depends. Well, how many do your, your competitors have and like what's the quality of the links they have? So it is, it's kind of a hard question to, to give a blanket answer to because there are, there are clients that are spending, you know, you know, lots and lots of money to build hundreds of uh, hundreds or thousands of links annually. But these are sites that depend largely on organic traffic. But if you're in a small local area, you maybe you don't need a ton of links. Maybe you get a, a good campaign that gets, you know, 10, 20, 30 links, and that's a good enough. And you can just get those and then and, and, and kind of uh, take advantage of those over long term. So it does depend, uh, you know, most of my clients are kind of online only businesses where they see like, this is something that needs to be done on an ongoing basis, on, you know, because everybody else is kind of doing it on an ongoing basis. So for smaller websites, you probably don't need as many backlinks. If you're competing in competitive areas with other players that all have budgets, then you're going to need, you know, backlinks on just an ongoing basis. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so tell me, uh, what's it like, you know, how does someone get started with you? How long does it take to get your first link? How many links are you getting? Sure. Yeah. Most clients that start with us, you know, they, they may do like nine or 10 links a month. And, you know, because outreach, it kind of builds on itself and the first month might be a little bit slow because, you know, we, we send emails today and then we'll follow up next week and then we'll send new emails. So it, it's a little bit slower ramp up in the beginning but then over time, it kind of builds on itself. And then you're doing every week, you're doing follow up on stuff you outreached like three or four weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, to, to get started with us, you know, mostly you just reach out to me um, and I would evaluate your site and make sure that my approach would work for your site. And if not, I can always point you in the right direction and say, you know, for this type of site, or you're in a niche where you basically you have to pay for links. And that's not something I tend to do much of it with. So, mm -hmm. I can point you in the right direction, just tell you what I think is realistic. Um, and if I think it's a good fit, then we could, uh, we could discuss that. Nice. Yeah. So we'll put a link to link pitch and, and, uh, the show notes and we'll put a link. Where's the best place to follow you on social media? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably LinkedIn. I'm not super active. I mean, you can also follow me. I, I just recently started a podcast called let's talk link building. So yeah, one, one area where I'm, I'm pretty consistent with currently. So that's probably the best. Nice. All right. And so you were going to show us some link building practices that we could do on LinkedIn outreach or linked outreach that we can do on our own. You mind giving us an example? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to maybe dive into the story I kind of mentioned earlier and maybe give a step-by-step -step on um, how you can, you can find uh, kind of broken link opportunities in, in your niche and see if it's, it's a viable path. So for the attorney, uh, what we did, so we use a tool called AHrefs. Uh, if you're familiar, it's ahrefs.com. Uh, it's kind of an expensive tool. It's a few hundred bucks a month, uh, the minimum, but it's it's essential for, for what I do. So I use that tool a lot in terms of finding you know, opportunities. Uh, for this particular 
um, approach, you know, what I like to do with like a new client is to find big sites in a particular niche. So it's like your competitors, or maybe it's like a large informational site that's also in your niche. Uh, for example, like in the law law space, it could be like a legal dictionary. It could be like any legal, large legal site. It could be a reference site. It could be, you know, really anytime sites. But you take those sites and then you put them into Ahrefs. Uh, and then there's two main tools that I, I kind of look at to try to find opportunities. One is there's a best by links page, a mm -hmm. report where basically it shows every page on their website and, and the page that have the most backlinks going to them. Um, and you can kind of look through there and sometimes you'll see pages on those sites that are, that are broken. Um, the other one is there's an outgoing links section where it shows all the links that are, that this page is linking out to, and then you can find the broken links. So that's pages that this site is linking to that are broken. So because they're in your niche, uh, if they're linking out to a page that's broken, it's probably relevant to your business. So in this particular uh, example with the uh, immigration attorney, we found a website, it was a large website and they were linking to a, um, it was like a certain case or it was like referencing a certain case that was, or something that was passed. And they were referencing this, this law that was passed and that, uh, that particular page had broken. So when you're looking through these, these, outgoing broken links, what you want to look for is you want to be looking for pages that are broken, but that are informational in nature. So if, 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 if there's a link to like a government site and that government site, it's like very specific to the government entity, like that's not going to work. You need something that's kind of more general information that you say, like, if I had this page on my site, would it make sense for other people to link to me instead of this site? Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. You kind of have to use some common sense and just say, okay, if I just stole this piece of content and it was on my site, would these, these sites link to me? And you, got, you have to find you know, the uh, websites that are linking to, uh, there's broken links. And then also you want a decent number of referring domains. So I would say as a minimum, maybe 50 referring domains going to one broken link. Uh, because if there's only like five or 10 referring domains to a broken link, it's like just the amount of time and effort to go in and you, maybe there's only one prospect you're gonna get out of that because you have to clean the list. And if there's 50, maybe after you clean it, maybe you only have 30 good prospects. So, so you ensure that there's a decent number of referring domains. That's just the number of unique websites linking to the page. That the content on that page is something that you could recreate. Um, and you can usually check archive.org to see what that page used to have. What was the content that used to be there? And then if uh, those things are in place, there's enough referring domains, the, the sites that are linking are high quality, and the content on that page is informational in nature, and, and it would make sense for you to have that page in your site, then you would recreate the content or have of similar content. Obviously, you don't plagiarize. Um, and then you would just you know, download the list of people linking to that. And then you would have to find those people, find their email address, reach out and, and then point it out that, hey, you have a broken link here. And if you're open, you know, I have a replacement that, that might might be of assistance. So that's, that's the general uh, overview. Nice. And, you know, as far as reaching out 
and following up with those. How often are you following up with these people? Because I'm assuming like anything in the world, it takes a few emails. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, with follow-ups, my, my rule is I don't do, I never do more than two follow-ups. So the max I would send is three emails. I'll see some of these sales guys that'll do five, six, seven follow-ups. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. I like to do one follow-up, maybe two follow-ups and that's kind of it. Um, and then also I'm pretty particular about making sure that I'm reaching the right person. If you're just downloading a list of emails from some tool or something, your, your certainty is going to be not quite as high, but if you can kind of know for sure that you're reaching the right person, then, you know, you'll be more confident in this. Um, but then I, I have a tool that helps me, but I do like an initial pitch and then I usually follow up like a week later. And then if no response, then one more a week later. And, and sometimes with certain websites, maybe I'll have more contacts, uh, more, more than one contact. So I'll do the first contact. That could be three weeks of outreach of no response. And then if that, if, uh, that first person doesn't respond, then it moves on to the second contact. Um, that's done automatically with the outreach tool that I use, Pitchbox. Um, so that's once you kind of set it, everything in there, it just does that automatically. But if you're doing it on your own, you could, you know, you can use different tools, uh, that, you know, like boomerang or whatever, that's just, I think it's even built into Gmail now. Like just remind me in a week if this person hasn't responded kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's, that's, that's a nice tool. <laughs> I, I know I sent out emails and I'm like, oh yeah. And, and that, yeah, it's built into Gmail. Like, Hey, you, you sent this email a while ago. I'm like, Wow, that's very nice of you to do that. Because uh, <laughs> we're all busy. We're all busy. Yeah. And, and, you know, those people, just because they said no the first time doesn't mean that they don't want to. And then as far as like, you know, I'm always like, I'd like to help someone out that's helping me out, even though we're kind of helping them out. Are you doing anything to entice those people at all besides just giving them a great piece of content? Yeah, I mean, so that's the one thing I, re- I like about broken link building is that you are like, helping them out you're pointing out like oh here's a broken link and you know that could be a negative user experience for people so that is helpful um there are you can also offer incentives if you're willing to um, like share their content on your like social profiles if you have decent social profiles you can definitely offer those types of things like oh hey you know you know as a thank you i'd be happy to to share your content on my in my facebook group or you know whatever you have that might be of value and, uh, but I think that also kind of depends on who you're outreaching. If you're outreaching like a university, you don't want to be <laughs> offering to <laughs> like share the content in your Facebook group. Cause then they're going to almost be more turned off by that offer. Yeah. But if you're outreaching like a blogger, um, then th- that might be, you know, might make sense. It just kind of depends on who your audience is and you want to make sure that the offer makes sense for them. Love it. Love it. Uh, well, Aaron, thank you so much for teaching us and for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. We'll put a link to all this in there. Make sure, you know, if you all are looking for SEO uh, to give Aaron a call, uh, he's right down the road from us in Indian Harbor Beach. I won't give him your exact address so they can't show up at your door. <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. And thank you all for taking Aaron and I on a journey. This has been Iron Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads. Better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. 
But the problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.